Good day, it's Thursday, it's SportsStars.ie. That means it's time for a weekly look at all things football here on SportsStars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, and coming up later on, Joanne Doonan will be with us to look ahead to round four of the AFL Women's Series. We've certainly been enjoying the fair so far, and if you haven't been watching it, and I know the early mornings can be difficult, don't forget that coverage is on TG Carr as well, and there'll be coverage online during the day, some cracking contests. Before we run through the news of this week, I just want to thank everybody who's been so supportive of our competition running this week to pick the Sports Stars Football Team of the Year. It's been great feedback so far. Of course, it continues right up until tomorrow, Friday. So make sure if you haven't gotten involved already to check on your own uh, players or whoever you liked in general, whether they're from your own county or not, and get behind them. Today, Thursday, currently taking place are the semi-finals in the goalkeeper, midfielder and forwards competitions. We're down to the final in the defenders and all finals across goalkeeper, defence, midfield and attack will take place on Friday. Friday. So let's start by going through the news of the week and uh, just in case you missed it last week, of course on Saturday the 27th of February we're going to have the TG Car All-Stars, the official teams, there'll be a team for senior, a team for an intermediate and a team for a junior. We've no nominees this year but we do have the nominations for player of the year across the three categories and we'll go through those for you now. In senior it's Dublin duo Sinead Goldrick and Carla Rowe and they're going to be up against Armas, Amy Macken. Intermediate, it's Emma Duggan and Vicky Wall, both from Mead. Fiona Claffey representing West Mead. And in junior, our own Joanne Doonan and Emer Smith for Fermanagh and Maeve Deeney from Wicklow. Three of those nine players will be named Player of the Year. There's also eight goals up for nomination. Check out the ladies' football uh, social media pages now to get further details of those. And you can vote on them. So eight goals for goal of the year, Kulnavlina. So make sure you vote for your favourite of those and cracking goals in that. We have to uh, give our compliments to BBDO Dublin and Little Ireland and the LGFA for their new ad out and their new advertising campaign, Level the Playing Fields. It's a brilliant ad, um, definitely well worth watching. And of course, it's very, very hard to believe that... Um, even the changes in five years like you know and people will talk about what happened last December in the All-Ireland Football Semi-Final between Cork and Galway and they'll be 100% right to talk about that and we've talked about that plenty here but it was an exception to the rule in this occasion but that being said too it was one exception too many and no doubt work is going on there to make sure it doesn't happen again but check out the campaign it's absolutely brilliant and hopefully we can continue to see ladies football grow in this country and around the world over the next five years congratulations to all the LGFA volunteers of the year they had their ceremony last Friday night the 12th of February check out the ladies football Facebook page if you want to watch that um, 24 participants have been announced for the Learn to Lead female programme so the best of luck to everyone there that's I think there's six administrators six coaches six officials and six in PR media and it, look, it's, it's again another project there to pass on knowledge and um, for people to pass on and help make things grow as we've often stated, there's plenty of fundraisers going on. It's important that you get behind some of these, especially your own counties. one with the year that we're in. It looks like 2021 is not going to be much different to 2020, where fundraising is very, very limited. Roscommon 
uh, LGFA are doing one uh, 100 k's for Roscommon LGFA looking to raise 10,000 fundraiser that started on Sunday Valentine's Day running up to St. Patrick's Day and uh, people out there to walk 100 kilometres and they've already 4,000 raised but they're aiming to get to 10 and hopefully you can get them there check out the Roscommon LGFA social media pages for more details one bit of news I was reading about this week and um, warms my heart to hear this Kilkenny ladies football are on the way back and it's brilliant news to hear like we all know Kilkenny is a traditional hurling Camogie County indeed they're the current All-Ireland Camogie champions but you know football has often suffered in the county and it's not going to just turn around and all of a sudden be great but getting back participating is the first step and it'll probably be 2022 before that happens but at least the ball is forgive the pun the ball is moving now and um, I wish everybody in Kilkenny ladies football the very very best of luck and any help we can uh, give here in sports as we certainly will of course I echo those same sentiments for the work being done up in Mayo Camogie as well in other counties uh, but delighted to hear that Longford have confirmed their management teams for 2021 we already knew Brian Noonan from Ostrom as the senior manager Alan Mullen from Westmead has taken over the minor team in his neighbouring county and they've also joined managers at under 16 and under 14 so the best look to everyone in Longford in 2021 the Rachel Keneally Bursary Award winners have been announced of course Rachel uh, we all miss um, great talented Tipperary footballer passed away at the young age of 26 but her memory and legacy lives on and um, well done to Mary O'Connell from Kerry Sophie Hennessy from Limerick Fiona Keating from Cork Michaela Glynn from Clare Kate Hickey from Waterford and Lucy Spillane from Tipperary uh, there's one winner from each of the six Munster counties uh, win that award I think it's done in conjunction with LIT and well done to everyone there. A couple of interviews to look out for um, if you haven't seen them already. Uh, Trey Scott has been interviewed by Sky Sports Cronia McElwan. Um, I know if you check the Monaghan LGFA pages, you'll find that. As in the Southern Star this week, uh, Kieran McCarthy, who does great work pro- uh, promoting and uh, reporting on ladies' football, he has a great um, feature piece on Cork's Orla Finn. And a great read to that. Of course, Kieran as well was the work he has put in. He was the uh, local journalist of the year in 2019 for ladies football. And um, delighted to say he was my successor because I was the 2018 winner. And of course, again, well done to Ian Cooney from Roscommon who won the 2020 award. So uh, some great journalists out there doing great work promoting ladies football. Also, while I'm promoting... Uh, interviews elsewhere that don't forget the fair green this week here on sports stars is with Donegal legend Geraldine McLaughlin a great um, chat I had with Geraldine and um you can hear about her career, how it was unlikely she was going to be a footballer at the start and then ended up being one of the most devastating attackers in the history of the game. Uh, captained her club to an All-Ireland title. Uh, still full of belief, and rightfully so, that Donegal can reach the promised land. And she also names her Fantastic Four. So if you haven't checked that out already, check that out. Geraldine McLaughlin from Donegal on this week's uh, The Fair Green. And finally, a campaign I want to tell you about uh, from Inspiring You. Hashtag I Love My Boots because our own Rena Buckley getting behind this as well. So uh, check that out as well. I think it's encouraging young players to um, write how they about why they love playing uh, Gaelic football. And so definitely if um, your parents, guardians, you know, get your, get your children into that as well. And finally, before we wrap up on this too, 
if you didn't catch the Camogie show this week, I don't know if it's your cup of tea, if you're more a football fan or not. We had the Leash Camogie manager, John Desmond, and we were, we were kind of talking about um, best ways to help underage players and parents and guardians and underage coaches deal with the current situation. A lot goes on about our inter, inter-county adult teams who we hope will get the green light to start preparing to get back to action soon. But it's definitely well worth listening to uh, the Camogie podcast this week with John Desmond and any ideas you have yourself even in football that would be greatly appreciated we're going to try and look at that over the next few weeks here on Sports Stars so that's our news of the week it's time to get home with our interview of course all the action we're watching at the moment is down in Australia and three rounds have been played in the AFL Women's Series we're looking forward to round four some tasty games and we'll be featuring the North Melbourne Kangaroos against Collingwood and Greater Western Sydney Giants against the West Coast Eagles so with that being said coming up after the break we're joined by a Junior Football Player of the Year nominee and Fermanagh All-Ireland winner Joanne Doonan of course who played with Carlton last year and we'll be looking ahead to the weekend's action in Australia I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie now I'm delighted to be joined by Joanne Doonan for our weekly slot as we look ahead to round four already, would you believe, of the AFL Women's Series. But of course, uh, before that, Joanne, we'd already recorded the show last week. We heard the news uh, nominated for Junior Footballer of the Year. No doubt you're delighted. Oh, God, yeah. It was nice. Yeah, I suppose it's nice to get a bit of recognition, I suppose, as an individual, even though it's a team sport. But kind of surprised, to be honest. I just seen my phone kind of like up and a few people text me. So I was like, Jesus, what is this? But um, but no, obviously, it's it's nice to be nominated. And it's, it's a, I suppose, a privilege to like for only three girls nominated. But no, hopefully, hopefully someone from Fermanagh wins it between me and me. Like, so uh, no, it's, it's a nice gesture. Yeah. Well, we can tell you here, not just because you joined us every week, we weren't one bit surprised. You were in the conversations that we had with Neve Kendlin and with Rena Buckley uh, before Christmas. And Emer, of course, as well. Great to see her nomination too, as well as Maeve Deeney. Yeah. Uh, pretty much now, I don't want to be jinxing you, but pretty much the full forward line has been picked for this team. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know uh, it is. It would be a, a, a pretty good full forward line. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, it would be... Good. Maeve's a fantastic player as well. Even remember her, we were actually out in San Francisco playing for Fog City Harps and Maeve was out playing with us as well. Like So uh, she's a brilliant player and obviously not the the one that you want to come up against. Like, But uh, no, fantastic. It's good. It's good to see her getting recognition as well. Now, I know there'll be probably, and, and obviously don't tell me things, you know, you can't tell me, but did you get like personally contacted at the start? And then is there a procedure now for afterwards or will you just be sitting and waiting until the 27th and find out like everybody else uh, who wins and who's on teams? I'm actually not too sure. No, all I seen was that on social media, so I haven't so you have contacted, contacted at all. No, no. So maybe I need to check my spam. I'm not too sure if that is a process. It doesn't come around too often for me, to be honest, but uh, I must check. But at the minute, I think it's just a matter of um, waiting and seeing like everybody else. Maybe you might get a heads up, maybe to make sure you're tuning in, maybe if you're going to win. But um, but no, haven't haven't had any word for anybody else saying it on social media yet. Well, we will wish you the very, very best of luck. Our fingers are crossed here for you, Joanne. And as you can guess, if you do get the, the nod as player of the year, we'll be doing a double show here in two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Cheers, Darren. <laughs> 
Let's go to AFL um, again. And, and you know what? It was, I don't actually I forgot to write down the results here in front of me, but we'll go through them in a moment. Um, an exciting uh, weekend and uh, certainly one match lived up to its heavy billing. Yes, definitely. I think the match you're talking about is the Melbourne versus North Melbourne. I actually, like, it was a brilliant game, to be fair, to be live-streamed on TG Cahar for everybody at home to watch it. But just fantastic seeing that everybody... I suppose even what I wrote down for Melbourne to kind of start really slow and, you know, for North Melbourne to kind of get on the board early enough and you'd kind of be thinking, God, you know, if it keeps going like this, North will walk away with it. But Melbourne then to keep hitting back, hitting back to go 27 points, you'd think, God, this is going to be a hammering. And then for the last, I think it was just coming into the third quarter and maybe into the start of the fourth that North pulled it back to two points like it was it was actually it was such a good game to watch like and then I suppose if you've just seen probably the score probably like the last kick of the game was a goal from Melbourne like um, with a mark so um, it probably deterred away from how kind of close it was the game like but Jesus it was it was brilliant to watch I have to say and even talking to the girls during the week like just seeing the standard even from last year like how it's improved so much and they're just kind of reading the game a lot more and they're like playing a lot better together like so it's, it was it was a brilliant game I have to say that. It was absolutely like um, we were talking here last week about getting up early for the games and as opposed in Ireland, 10 past eight in the morning was a perfect time. But it, it just it just kept giving and it wasn't just a high scoring, the rivalry between the two teams. Of course, the Irish influence was massive in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sinead Goldrick, you know, was storming for Melbourne as they build up what looked like it a simple victory at that stage and then yeah. Gilroy leads the charge back and you know bounce the ball here or there and it could have been the kangaroos yeah yeah oh definitely like Jesus I think that's one thing and in fairness you just said previously about the Irish girls getting I suppose not much recognition from the commentary I think they were kind of even impressed with um, goalies kind of just her like just she would literally put her head where you wouldn't put your foot like and she just charges out and it's not even it's as soon as she gets tackled she gets up straight away and nearly puts on another tackle while the other person's still lying on the ground like which I have to say like she she played fantastic and it was great to watch and likewise with Aileen like again I remember we played the, a practice match last year and I was marking Aileen for a few minutes and like Aileen go away please don't come near me like she she's not the person you want to get tackled by and I think she's shown that at the weekend like you know she was similar to goalie just breaking out reading the game really well you know catching it attacking and that kind of as well she did in game like you know off the shoulder runs kind of was fantastic if they were used a wee bit more in AFLW but um, brilliant representation and even Nate McAvoy for the first game in she had really good influence you know setting up a few goal chances and even just delivering really well just wee small things that you kind of mightn't even notice too well uh, too much but really really good game for her for me back in as well it was brilliant to see Neve McAvoy out there too, especially when we knew we were losing Ailish Considine and Neve Kelly for the week. We might as well go straight away and, and just officially ratify this. Am I safe in saying, Joanne, that this was the game of the week? Yeah, I think definitely for me, it was a, definitely a standout. There was a few other good games, like even Collingwood and Richmond's a lot closer than I kind of realised. And even the... Carlton and St Kilda game was a lot not as close as I thought it was going to be so it was uh, interesting some of the games that was on display but definitely I think the 
the game of the week was Melbourne versus North Melbourne. Well, as you mentioned that as well, like Fremantle beating Adelaide as well was a massive result. We know Fremantle, like, yeah. Fremantle's form would be good. And West Coast, we'll be talking about in a bit, like if they could just get a few goals in that first quarter, who knows what they would have done. But Brisbane showed their class afterwards as well. To see the mm-hmm. result, you think it was an easy day, but mm-hmm. it was the second half before Brisbane really put that to bed. Yeah, 100%. Like even talking at that, that, you know, they were kind of coming in thinking that, okay, they're not going too bad. But like I said, it's them chances that they didn't uh, capitalize on that kind of came back to bite them. And again, I suppose the difference in Brisbane, whatever they did, they did like just kind of build up momentum from that and they were very hard to stop. But again, super performance from Ash, Mark, and Grace, like, you know, to keep kind of plowing on. And I think hopefully this week could be a, a, a different story for them, like, you know, coming in. But I think they're definitely kind of virgin and probably, I suppose, getting sick of that losing streak that they're, they're due in uh, sometimes soon, I think. They certainly are a bit unlucky as well. And we'll, 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 we'll be focusing on their game as well against Sydney in the moment. Melbourne and the Kangaroos' match of the week. What was your moment of last weekend? I actually seen that it was uh, just a lovely moment. I think it was one of the it was one of the Richmond games in the Richmond Collingwood game. Um, her name's Gabby Seymour, but I don't know if you've seen it. She caught the mark just inside the fifty, and the smile on her face. She literally celebrated whenever she caught the mark. I think she surprised herself that she caught it, and it, it was just so funny to watch. And even the commentators, you know, were kind of laughing that you know you never really see someone celebrate catching a mark so much. But it just it was just really kind of just nice humbling moment that. She just caught it and was so shocked and so happy and then got a chance at goal. Like, so I just thought it was a really lovely moment of the week, yeah. I'm going to have a look for that afterwards as well. We have the highlights of all the games and the results on our website, but we'll have a look and see if Gabby's is there. If not, we'll get it for our social media plug around that. I'd definitely like to see that one myself. Joanne, as you said, uh, the, even the Australian commentators were acknowledging this. The Irish are having a real impact down there. Nine players playing this weekend. And of course, the two that weren't, um, we knew about and two were injured and we're still waiting for Lauren. Who is your Irish player of the week? Mine, actually, I had to say, just from performance, just genuine team performance and watching it, just I have to say, go Goldrick. I just thought she she's fantastic and she has been for the last few games and even last year. Just her kind of attitude on her her tenacity, just running forward. It's just kind of, I don't know, you, you kind of feel a sense of pride watching the Irish out there. like, And I think she does that really well every week. And I just thought she definitely deserves a bit of recognition for it. Sinead Goldrick was absolutely tremendous over uh, over the week, which believe it, I'm not going to agree with you, but I'm going to explain my thought process here because I've actually changed my mind four times. Oh, yeah. The week. Like yeah. the way Melbourne kicked into that game, Goldie was like, yeah. I, said, I couldn't see a performance beating herself. And then Aileen Gilroy uh, yeah. quietly started really getting into it in the second half. And I was torn in between both Goldie and Aileen. Ashley Sheridan, two goals again for the second yeah. time in uh, three yeah. games. You know, probably very, very underrated, even though they're really starting to know us are down in Australia for yeah. her goal scoring ability. But the player I've picked, um, you've picked her one week already. I haven't picked her yet, but just keep continuing to set the bar high despite her team still not getting the right side of results. She got a goal earlier on, early on in the match, came close to another one as well. 17 disposals, I think. She was tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. throughout so for me I'm going for Ashley McCarthy as my pick this week but as yeah. I, I was torn between the four names I just mentioned I know definitely there, there's every week it's, it's very tough to pick like it's very hard to narrow it down to just one girl but 
definitely who you all mentioned, like Jesus Ashing, and like you said, every week for for coming into a, a team new, like she seems to be one of the main leaders in the group as well. And you can see that clearly, but by her actions more so than anything else, you know, she she really does take the game by the scruff of the neck every game. And I think it kind of, you can see it kind of empowering and lift the girls a bit. But I think, yeah, definitely if there's a few more of four on the team, they wouldn't be uh, doing too bad now. And again, like I said, Ash Sheridan, some of her runs and her reading of the balls, even like small things like the first goal that came off that, you know, maybe people might have said, you know, the catch didn't come off, but the fact she still ran after it, still got it and kicked it and straight away into a goal. Like, you know, it's just her brilliant kind of composure and she just seems to be settling in so well. And like you said, I think she is definitely underrated over there. Like, but it's just brilliant. And likewise, Aileen, again, like you said, she's just a, a fantastic athlete. And I think she'll definitely, or she has been coming into her own, you know, she was, in the top five of best and fairest last year. Like and I think, like you said, her confidence and all is just kind of building each game. And she's definitely somebody to be reckoned with uh, this coming season. Certainly do, and we're going to be talking about Aileen in a while too. But see where we're talking about Ashing there. It's the last game of the seven this weekend as we look ahead, but one of our two featured games. Um, we're obviously West Coast fans here, but understandable with the Irish contingent that are there. They're taking on Greater, mm-hmm. West, Greater Western Sydney Giants on a Sunday, 10 past six in the morning, Irish time. Now, this is the first week in a few weeks where the original fixtures are holding so far. And let's yeah. hope they do hold as well, because there's plenty of stories going on. We'll talk about one or two of them in a moment. Great, uh, the Giants are finally off the mark. Cora mm-hmm. again, well involved in their victory last weekend. West Coast, as we've talked about, they're much better than the score lines will suggest against yeah. Brisbane or against Fremantle too. Uh, West Coast, without a shadow of a doubt, can't afford to lose another game. I think you can get away with three losses. That's it. This mm-hmm. is a real cup final feel and a great way to finish off the week on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely think it'll be definitely an interesting game. And like you said. I think Giants would be happy out coming after a win last weekend and they'll just be kind of, I suppose, trying to maintain that momentum and kind of keep bringing it into the week that they're not going to be wanting to kind of let it off now. And um, But likewise, like I said, West Coast Eagles is kind of coming up to the, the verge of, you know, this is a must-win game for them. You know, they have to get some points on the board. Like, And um, I definitely, like I said, like I don't think the scorelines have did West Coast um, any favours. They're a lot better team than they kind of, I suppose, are being portrayed. Um, and hopefully something does click. Like, you know, I think you do learn a lot quicker from a loss, like, you know, from your mistakes. But again, hopefully fourth round might be the the round that they do get a, um, get a win. Uh, I think it'll be a very good game, but I don't know. I think I am kind of going towards West Coast to, to tip this one, I think, this week. I was going to ask you this question, and especially now at that point, because we've talked an awful lot about West Coast over the last few weeks, and not just in regards mm-hmm. to the Irish players. And like, there's no doubting the genius that is Cora Staunton, but mm-hmm. I suppose, and Sydney fans won't like me saying this, is how good are uh, Greater Western Sydney? Because... I have. They just haven't delivered a big result yet to catch the eye. Cora has been delivering, and a few other players have been delivering. I'm not questioning that, but yeah. like they won last week, they were expected to win that, but I don't expect them to win games they're outsiders in. Yeah, I kind of feel like they're kind of from the outside, and sometimes you kind of think they're, and maybe this is completely wrong, but nearly as both happy to be taking part. Like, and nobody likes that. Obviously, you want to be kind of going out and winning every game that you can, but. Like you said, there is like when you see Core and all up around midfield, you know, and putting the pressure on, 
they have very good players, but it's just, I don't know, getting that drive and getting that click together. Like, and I suppose, unfortunate, you would have liked to see how Bridge Stack would influence it this year as well. But um, at the minute, like you said, they're just not kind of, I suppose any game you go into, you don't have massive high hopes that they're definitely going to walk away with it. Like, so um, it's kind of interesting to see, but I think West Coast, you kind of see that kind of hunger. And I know they're obviously only a new team, but you can see that they're, you know, really trying to get their name out there. Like, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Because as you even mentioned Breed as well, and she's obviously a massive loss for them too. But it's just they haven't now. Look, they've got the win under their belt there; they're up and running, and they could take off from there. And who knows what they could do as well? But like we, West Coast just seems to be unfortunate not to have a win so far. Well, I don't want to say Sydney are unfortunate to have a win; they deserved their win last week, even if it was a low-scoring contest as well. But they're mm-hmm. under pressure too. They have two losses as well, and while we were saying three might be enough, of course we don't know how if the season could get shortened if COVID takes over again in any shape or form as well. So, mm-hmm. like, this is a game they can't afford to lose either as well. And it's going to be a lot of pressure on them, especially being at home. Yeah, definitely. I think that both the teams, you know, are kind of coming in. Obviously, you said Giants have won one, but they'll both be kind of looking, you know, this is, I suppose, make or break, you know, change the kind of attitude within the camp, whether to, you could imagine that a lot of girls might be dropping the heads a bit if, you know, they get another loss under the belt. Like, but, like you said, it's such a short season. You don't know what way it can work out, but definitely the way the, the leaderboard's going at the minute um, and with how Brisbane and all's uh, competing, um, you kind of you need to be getting your, your points on the board, definitely. Well, it's a game we're looking forward to. 10 past six uh, Sunday morning Irish time. We'll be going through the, all the fixtures at the end of the show. Before, uh, Joanne, we go on to the other game we're doing. I have two questions I want to ask you. One now is first, Ozkick is returning into Sydney. I don't know how familiar it is. It's like their um, halftime uh, games in Crow Park as well. Have you experienced yeah. that in your time down there at Carlton as well? And how important is this? And I suppose for the young children, how uh, how much excitement and generate atmosphere does it generate for AFL matches? Well, obviously, any games that we've been at, you know, you obviously go into change room halftime, so you nearly miss the whole Ozkicks that does go on. But it's fantastic. It's it's really, really good initiative. Like and it's similar, like you said, to the halftime games over here that them young kids are going out as if they are playing for their team. You know, it is just as important as day to them as it is the girls that are talking out for the FLW, you know. So brilliant just to kinda of keep kids involved and keep them, you know, I suppose that kind of sparks a fire inside them to kind of when I grow up I want to be playing here, you know. So uh, I think it's a really important aspect of the game and Another thing that I loved about Australia was after any of the games, the everybody, the whole crowd was allowed to go and kick on the field. Like it was just like, it's enormous. So as soon as the game was over, like you have your whole supporters, your families, like just kicking about on the oval. And it was, it was really bizarre, like not bizarre, it was just so strange because I don't know whether it's because of the good weather and we're kind of protective of wrecking the, the pitches over here, but I just thought it was really, really lovely to see, like generally, like you see for father, daughters, you know, sons, families, everybody out just kicking about on the oval afterwards. And it was just, it's just kind of really, I suppose, a family day out. You know, you go watch the game, you take part, then after, you know. So I just thought they're 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 very good at kind of keeping everybody involved. And I suppose if anyone knows any Australians that do love their footy over there, so. Um, it's just a really nice touch. Yeah, it is. It's returning for that game between Sydney and West Coast on Sunday, the Oz kick as well. And hopefully it's the first signs of um, us gently moving away from everything going on 
Second question, I've been meaning to ask you this every week and I keep forgetting, but it's written down here in front of me. The songs. They oh, seem yeah. to be part of the, the part of the show now. Like, I, I can't turn off the app until I hear the winning team sing your song. <laughs> Tell me about that. Is it obviously you're encouraged to do it? Is it just a tradition or do you just do it? Or Because it's, it's yeah. a great crack. <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. Obviously, every team has a song. Like, and it's the same, obviously, for the men and women's. Like, it's, I think it's basically your history of your club, you know, and if you listen to the lyrics, like, to be honest, like, I, I just could not grasp the carded song because it didn't make sense in my head because I was like what does that even mean you know but it's just something that you definitely the first game I'm not gonna lie I kind of forgot like after the game and I was like oh my god I haven't learned this and I was trying to sit in my mind the whole way through but uh which is probably really bad uh, it is lovely you know it, like at the start and I think it's kind of Irish mentality you kind of feel goofy or silly kind of doing it you'd be like what are we doing you know um, but it actually really brings everybody together and you know we've subscribed like in singing it you know and if you're uh, doing your on your debut you know you go in the centre of the circle when everybody sings it so um, it's really really nice to kind of I suppose experience that but yeah I think and I suppose you only sing it then if you win so it's that kind of extra pride that you're singing it loud and proud because you've won that game like so um I think it's a nice wee touch like it's definitely something to think but I don't think you'll ever see it coming into the game like now I don't think no, I imagine it right because and anybody watching games in the AFL this weekend, keep an eye out for this if you haven't noticed it already. Like at the first quarter, halftime and third quarter, you're hearing all the pop songs, the the cool songs out there. But it's like when the two teams come out, it's like watching uh, WWE wrestling. They have their own team song. We've been singing the microphone as well, coming out. And it's brilliant. It generates the atmosphere. And then as Joanne mentioned at the, at the end, the team all get together to, to sing it and the commentators and the TV coverage won't go away. They finish up by saying, let's go back to the winning team song where, for example, last week it was Melbourne, the game we talked about earlier on, the Demons are singing away or it could have been Carlton or it could have been Fremantle or, or whoever like. And it, it adds a touch to it too. And even now myself, as I said already, I can't leave my following of it until I hear the winning team sing the song. It just feels empty <laughs> without seeing it. Like, Yeah, yeah it is. No, it's definitely a lovely touch now. <laughs> So the question is now, as we go to our other featured game, which is at 10 past eight in the morning on Saturday, Irish time, the Kangaroos against Collingwood. Who's going to be singing at the end of this? The Kangaroos have never lost two in a row. Collingwood have never won four in a row. Yeah, I think this could be in competition for the game of the week next week. But um, I really think that North coming after that loss, you know, and especially such fine margins. And like I said, when when they pulled it back from 27 points, you kind of think, Jesus, if they can do that, you know, they can try and push on. And I'd say they've probably a lot to learn from last week. And like you said, I suppose Collingwood's coming out in off that momentum, you know, and I don't know, you'd like to think that they were, well, especially coming in against North Melbourne, I don't think they're going to be anyway complacent. Like, you know, obviously they've had a good winning streak now, but um, it's just going to be a battle of two very good teams and it'll be very interesting to see, but I, I can't see North Melbourne letting themselves, I suppose, lose another game, you know, so... I, I, God, I really hard to tip this one, yeah. Yeah, because my feeling on it too, remember we were talking last week and all the hype seemed to be about uh, North Melbourne going into Melbourne and no different as you know yourself, Joanne, when you played Wicklow in the group championship of the All-Ireland that sometimes that loss, you can take more out of it. And North Melbourne came out with a lot of good green marks despite the fact yeah. that they lost by nine points to Melbourne and yeah. it could be it could be the kick they need to drive on here. Yeah, 100%. I think if anyone that kind of watched the game, 
a lot of, I suppose, Melbourne's kind of momentum and kind of even a lot of their scores that came from kind of silly North Melbourne mistake, you know, like a free kick or, you know, pushing the back or a 50 metre penalty. We things that, you know, North Melbourne would be kicking themselves, you know, thinking, Jesus, well, if we hadn't did that, you know, we wouldn't have been too far off. So you kind of be thinking, you know, if they have that wee bit better discipline this week and, you know, the work on, like, say, them wee tactics that you do learn, and I suppose you do focus on a lot more when you when you lose a game as opposed to when you win a game. Hopefully that that, that is something that they're going to rectify and I suppose just kind of settle in a wee bit more. Like sometimes that that loss can be the 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 kick you need to kind of drive you closer together. Like so, um, I definitely think they're they're not going to lay over and kind of take that loss as a or take that loss very easy. So, but likewise, I think. Connor with a very, very good team as well. Like, and they, they are going well for a reason. You know, they are playing really well. But like I said, you don't want to see them, I suppose, get that way back in place and thinking that, you know, coming in each week that, you know, we did a lot well last week. But I also kind of thought that Richmond, I suppose, wouldn't have put it up to them as much. So maybe it's kind of hard to kind of tell how, how good they are, you know. But again, it's kind of hard to kind of judge these games until you, you, you see them the other teams playing each other. So um, definitely, definitely a good game to watch out for this weekend. Because even as you mentioned, they were Collingwood too. We talked last week to be playing, I can't remember, it was a Brisbane they were meant to be playing before was changed, but uh, they showed their credentials mm-hmm. against Carlton the first day out. But after the three wins, know that we know they're making progress. The results have shown that over the three seasons. And it, we'll probably leave this game with a real indica- indicator win or lose of where Colin would stand in the overall championship race? Anyway, so it'll be very interesting now coming up against probably one of the top teams in it. And I know Colin would also are, but like you said, this these next few games, you'll you'll probably be able to paint a better picture of kind of, you know, who stands where uh, within the board, you know. So I definitely think it'll, it'll be a real, real good talent game. But Again, I kind of just feel North might just come out of the locks with flying, like, and they just kind of want to, want to kind of put a marker down to the rest of the comp. That's you know that was just a one-off, like. So, um, I think at the minute my money would be in North Melbourne, but but it'd be a good game either way. I'd say. It'd be a game worth watching 10 past 8 Saturday morning because as Joanne's there uh, leaning towards Kangaroos just about, I think I'm getting the impression mm-hmm. you're, you're, like you wouldn't be putting the heavy money on it. But if Collingwood were to yeah. win, it'd be a historic result. So Kangaroos against for, uh, to win against Collingwood and West Coast against Sydney. Uh, not just well, the five other games we'll run through very, very quickly and an awful lot at stake for an awful lot of teams. Uh, St Kilda against Geelong Cats. Again, Geelong can't afford to lose this. Yeah, yeah, Geelong haven't had the best of run either this season at all. Like again, I don't think St Kilda will have took the loss to Carlton last week too well. Like they're a very good team, so I definitely think that they'll probably be a lot stronger than Geelong. Well, the way they're playing at the minute, but like you said, Geelong have. I suppose this is a make a break. They have to win this game, so it'd be interesting. But I'd say my money would be on St Kilda for this one. Kilda the nod there a big one coming up you'll be interested on and Saturday Carlton against Richmond uh, again yeah. Richmond never never won a game if they don't win a game they're out of the race on the weekend yeah yeah I think definitely I don't know if you've seen all over the AFLW about the, the two Hoskin twins like I suppose the first time they've been playing against each other and they're playing a lot of pranks on each other they're, they live with each other as well so um, it'll definitely be an interesting game. Um, but likewise, I, th- I think Carlton are going good from last week. You know, we're starting to b- b- build their momentum up. You know, they're, 
the losses had kind of shocked me at the start too and I was still looking at the girls of Lucy McFoy and uh, Gab Parron back you know so maybe there could be more uh, girls coming back I know Brooke Walker was injured which are some very talented players that might have just settled the group so I think they're kind of getting that momentum in and likewise Richmond although like you said they came out and they came out fighting against Collingwood so it'll be interesting I don't think they're going to uh, lie down and take the take the hit so um, but again I'd say I'd, I'd go with Carlton in this one I'm just going to ask you a second question in this one, if you don't mind, Joanne, because even with Carlton too, and I didn't say it at the start, uh, but as you mentioned there too, uh, like on another day, they could have won those two games that they lost. There wasn't much in either game as well. And I'd been predicting them at the start of the year as well. Could they be the potential dark horses now gradually starting to get into this title race? Oh, good, yeah. Like even knowing, like, you know, the manager is still the same manager from last year and uh, a lot of the leaders, the same leaders. And I know they're very... They're very kind of positive mindset, you know, as soon as the game's over, they're just looking at how they can learn from it. And like you said, them games could have went either way under were small margins and not like there were wee mistakes and wee adjustments that they could make to their game that that will help them kind of get over that line. And I think when you see the introduction of Lucy McAvoy, Gab, uh, all them girls back that, you know, you can see they're settling into the ways a wee bit better. And I think it'll be... I think when Brooke Walker comes back as well, she's fantastic forward that, you know, they'll be looking to kind of pull it back this year. And I definitely, like you said, I think they could come up uh, without anybody kind of noticing that they're they're coming to fight for it. Like, so um, they're definitely one to watch, yeah. If they, if they beat Richmond, they'll be two hour two. Poor Gold Coast, did they have any chance against Fremantle? Oh, I don't know. Free are playing very well as well. And Gold Coast, again, another team that just haven't seemed to be getting the grips of it this year at all. But... I don't know if they're going to, I don't know, pull anything miraculously out of the bag when Free are playing really well and they're a strong team and they haven't lost since, I think, I think this the the 11th round, but they haven't lost for 10 games since last year. So I'd say they'll want to maintain that streak. So I'd say Freya will probably pull this one out as well. Fremantle but the nod there before last week I would have put this down as a guaranteed top two match but a lot of questions about Adelaide after their loss of the weekend against the Brisbane team that really when they turn it on they turn it on yeah like massive massive kind of like hammered basically yeah which was a, a big shock like and to do that to the legs of Philip Chelsea Randall too like major kind of I suppose key figures in AFLW like and to have them playing and leading the team and they still couldn't kind of turn it around was a big shock. So again, but likewise, it'd be I'd say they're not the type of team that's just gonna you know take that and can accept that they're not good enough. They're definitely gonna come back fighting like so. But it's definitely gonna be a hard one to judge. But I don't know what this one. Maybe I maybe go with uh, Adelaide. Kind of see maybe see. I'm not too sure. I know. Oh, nah. A nice little shock one there, Joanne, just to keep it nice and tasty for us. <laughs> and finally, before I let you go, can the Bulldogs take advantage of a Melbourne hangover after the win last week? Yeah, another tough one. Like, Bulldogs have actually been playing really, really good football. Like, and, you know, it's brilliant to see really good, quick, free-flowing free football and seem to, like, get on really well as a team. Like, they link up really well. But, again, Melbourne's just a very, very good team. Like, and you'd kind of be thinking, you know, it mightn't be a lot to stop. It might take a lot to stop them now, like, especially after last week's win. Like, so, um, I'd say I'll go with Melbourne on this one this round. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him.
Darren Kelly. And that was ex-Carlton uh, player and current All-Ireland Junior Football Player of the Year nominee Joanne Doonan with us uh, previewing the AFL Women's Series Round 4. Before we wrap up, let's go through the fixtures for the week in the AFL. Starting tomorrow, Irish. these are all Irish times of course, 10 past 8 in the morning, St Kilda against Geelong. We've three games on Saturday at 4.10am, Carlton against Richmond, 6.10am, Fremantle Dockers against the Gold Coast Sun, and at 10 past 8 the North Melbourne Kangaroos up against Collingwood and then three more games on Sunday Brisbane Lions against Adelaide Crows at 10 past 2 in the morning the Western Bulldogs against the Melbourne Demons at 10 past 4 and finishing off the week the Greater Western Sydney Giants against the West Coast Eagles there is a total, I think, of four teams who have lost all three games so far. If any of them slip up this weekend, they can say goodbye and good luck. Your race is run for 2021. That's it here for Sports Stats Football. Just to mention again, Sports Stats Camogie with John Desmond, the Fair Green with Geraldine McLaughlin are available on sportsstats.ie make sure you check that out and next week here in the show we'll be doing something special keep voting for your favourite players on our Sports Stats football team of the year competition because next week as well as having Joanne to preview round 5 of the AFL we will be talking to some of your winners in our competition uh, this week including naming the Sports Stars football player of the year so I hope you enjoyed that we look forward to joining you then with that being said again thanks to Joanne Doonan I'm Darren Kelly and this this was Sports Stats Football.